Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Well, it's great honour. What great stories. And sometimes you just have to look back a little. Problem is, when you get to my age, you've moved very quickly from the prophetic to the nostalgic, and you just like telling stories. And Irene and I do that. We had a, a long train ride today, so we tend to tell stories and cry a bit in between. But um, it's such an honor to be here, and though we're only here for uh, 24 hours, I really hope that something that we can bring can help you and help us all. I've already been blessed today just recounting some of the memories. Remember going down to Aaron on a number of occasions. Remember that uh, Delirious came up to, uh, to the Lincolnshire showground on a number of occasions to the event that we run. And so it is with a lot of gratitude and thankfulness that I stand here this evening. It's great also to come with Irene. Uh, we've been married now for how long, love? 45 Otherwise, you get it wrong. So it's always wise to just ask that question. 45 years. And we have three children and five grandchildren. And so we're really enjoying life. It is important, isn't it, when you serve in the Lord that you actually enjoy it? You know, some of the journey has been difficult, as it has for everyone, because life is made up, isn't it, of mountaintop experiences, but also lots of valleys. And so what I want to do this evening is really talk and share some of our journey, but perhaps some of the challenges that we've faced. I believe the -the over-the-top picture um, came through a man called uh, Dwayne White, who is a prophetic ministry from out of the States and Texas, and what he tends to do at the beginning of each year, he goes around churches and friends and, and feels that he's got you know, something, he never claims it's the word of the Lord, but he comes with a word from God at the beginning of the year. And so he came to Lincoln, as I believe he came here, and he talked about this going over the top. And of course, being a Texan, he's quite good at it. Um, everything's bigger and greater and, uh, and more exciting, of course, in, in Texas. But the thing about Dwayne White is that... Um, he, he earths that. He earths it in terms of our journey, the challenges that we face. And really what he was talking about was that the challenges of mountains, and we often talk about having mountaintop experiences, but when I look at mountains, I think challenge. You know, if ever you're going to attempt to get up a mountain, it's a challenge, Irene and I have good friends in in America, uh, and uh, recently um, we went up a quite a large, well, a very high mountain in a car. It was it was it was driven. It was Mount Washington uh, in America, and, and the driver was Jack Grableski, who is a friend of mine. But can I say driving is not one of his best abilities? He's a very he's a very sharp. Uh, guy has got degrees in Hebrew and Greek, but driving is another matter. And so um, we thought, well, if you can drive to the top of a mountain, this must be quite cool, must be quite exciting. And so we get in this car, he's driving, and we're going up this mountain, and it starts with fairly wide road, and you think this is pretty easy. But the higher you get, the more narrow the roads become, 
And the view either side becomes more and more frightening. And then, of course, as you get higher and towards the summit, uh, we started off, it was a June day. I think it was um, about, you know, nearly 70 degrees, 20-something 20, 20 degrees. And um, it's really warm. But as we get to a particular place, the mist comes down, then the fog comes down, then the, you can feel the ice. And I'm thinking, I'm not sure we're going to actually, if we make it, we may not get down. And so uh, when I think of mountains, I think of challenges. But then when you get to the top, the beauty was the mist began to clear. And you got this, this view that you could never have had had you not faced the challenge. And I do believe that there are issues in life. There are mountains, there are challenges, and sometimes you wish you didn't have to face those things. But actually, in terms of character and who we are, often later in life, you look back and you begin to thank God for those challenges, those mountains, because you actually see things very differently and you have a greater perspective when you face some of those challenges. So uh, this evening, I want to share a number of issues that have been issues in my own life. I want to try and be as honest as we can. We're going to share some of our stories, some of our uh, mountaintop experiences, but also some of our valley experiences and some of the challenges that we faced. And we want to be as open as we can, as transparent over those kind of things. Uh, but uh, as I was thinking about these things, I'm a person that tends to talk or preach and use points. So, for instance, I would say I've got three points, and Irene would say you never have three points. There are always at least three subheadings. So why don't you say you've got nine points from the beginning? I say I've only got three, but there are one or two subheadings. And as I was looking through some of these things, issues that I've perhaps we've faced together, these kind of mountains or challenges, as I was going through that this week, I, I thought of six distinct things. I felt a bit uncomfortable with that because all preachers should at least go for a seven. It feels kind of a little bit better. And, and, and of course, I, I've seen now visually that there really are seven mountains. Did you notice that? So I thought, I've got six, so you can fill in one of your own as I f finish uh, today. So I want to be talking about challenges or issues in order that, in a sense, when we say go over the top, we tend to think about being a bit edgy and fanatical. And to be honest, I'm in that crowd. If there is, if there is the crowd that wants to be a little edgy and slightly fanatical, uh, I, I would tend to go with that group rather than the boring, if, if I'm really honest. Uh, though I've uh, met both sides uh, of, the, of that. So um, I want to just share some of these challenges and I think these are perhaps personal challenges to me. I hope I'm going to identify with some of your journey as well. But uh, this may open your thinking at the beginning of this great conference to think about freedom and uh, release and, and how when we actually face challenges rather than pull back from them, that we can have a great uh, perspective on life and we can mature in our faith. And we can grow into people that God can trust. And so I'm going to go through some of these things that uh, I f find uh, that many, uh, you know, being in pastoral ministry for a long time, these are the kind of things I think I see on a regular basis where people are challenged by these kind of mountains they've, they've got to face. 
So the first uh, thing that I want to share about is what I would call identity issues. Identity issues. You know, who we are and what we do in life, it's a big thing. I remember in my early school days, if there was a word that would sum me up, it would be I would struggle with a sense of identity. Knowing exactly, you know, who am, who am I? What really am I called to? Whenever teachers would talk about what do you want to do in life, I would never be really sure. And sometimes on that journey, I would look at people alongside. I was brought up in a Christian home. My dad was a Methodist local preacher for years. I've always had a love for God. But in a sense, I, would, I came to the conclusion that I did believe that God really blessed people, but he was likely to bless people, uh, other people more than myself. There was a little bit of insecurity in me, and mixed that within my character, a kind of a thread of melancholic, so I could very easily dip. And um, so when I was... Uh, at school, uh, I think the identity issue was quite, quite a thing. Already today, men, people have mentioned my size. I'm not the tallest man on planet Earth. And sometimes I would think, you know, why am I a little bit challenged, you know, and short? Uh, and to be identified with Zacchaeus and other Bible characters, it's not the best thing in the world. You know, there are other greater uh, characters in the Bible. So... Um, in early days and writing to teenage years, the sense of identity was a big issue for me. And that wasn't helped because my brother was very, very clever. He had a brain, mine was limited. He, uh, he could play uh, a pipe organ. He could um, play a French horn. He, he was, um, he was uh, a maths inspector. I was always challenged with maths. I could never quite undersee why letters got involved and called it algebra. I never understood those kind of things. So my brother was really uh, clever. He was very successful. He was taller than me. And, um, and um, I was into uh, the Beatles. Anybody remember the Beatles? I mean, uh, I was into proper music. And, and so there was this in the family. I... I don't think my parents, you know, had favourites, but let's just say uh, Graham was more accepted often than I was. And, um, and, and so identity perhaps became an issue. But I think identity is a big one in terms of who we are. And, you know, that has followed me. I, I think I'm getting a little bit... I ought to get my act together, you know, because I'm uh, 66 years of age and I ought to be a little bit more secure today. But I remember even... Uh, in ministry, going to places and thinking, why am I here when there's all these great ministry people? And, uh, and so the issue of identity and the call of God. And even not so long ago, I had the privilege of speaking at this big event for leaders. It was called the Charismatic Leaders uh, Conference. And I'd been uh, invited to speak and as I got up uh, to speak, I'm just beginning to introduce myself. And a gentleman on the third row, in a very loud voice, said, Who do you think you are? Well, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I, uh, I said, uh, this is a really good question. 
and um, waffled a bit and said who I was and where I was from. But I'm thinking, in a charismatic leader's thing, why was there a challenge to my identity? And so those things uh, became quite big issues for me. But actually, when you look back in the Bible and you look even at the first man, Adam, this question, did God say? You know, the questioning of who he was and even Jesus himself with regard to being tested uh, in the wilderness. You know, if you are the son of God, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And therefore, for some of us, there are mountains of, you know, getting hold of who we really are. And I've kind of overplayed it slightly because there have been, on a number of occasions in my life, just this sense that when I get up to speak, it is, I am so grateful to be who I am in this skin, sharing what I'm sharing because there was this revelation that there's nobody like me and I'm a unique child of God. Now, I want to suggest that for some of us, that revelation needs to come to us. Others are saying, boy, he's insecure. I've never had problems like that. But it is important that we begin to understand who we really are and the call of God upon our lives. And when that happens and you feel the pleasure of God and you feel God's for me, he's not against me. And I'm coming to the conclusion, it's taken me a long time, God actually likes me. And, uh, and also that he approves of me because I'm his child and I'm serving him. And I want my heart to be open to everything that God has for me. And so when you actually get this revelation, I today am in Christ. My sins have been forgiven. I'm a new person. The old has passed away. Everything has become new. This sense of I am who I am and I'm thankful to God for it. We're in Christ. And therefore, sometimes we need some of those insecurities, those past things, I know, I know where some of those things came from. Some of those things came through, through words that were spoken of me by teachers. Some of those words came uh, from friends who suggested things about me. And for many of us, there will be things in our life that we look back and they may be quite painful issues. But it's so important that we don't wallow in them and think, oh, poor me. But we actually face those mountains and we begin to understand that God is really for us. So identity issues are very important. A lot of young people wanting to press through to know who really am I? Do I really matter? Are my gifts really, um, does God really approve of my gifts and what I bring? And I just want to, you know, over the next few hours... For all of us to come to some conclusions about God, God wants to bless us. He wants to bless our families. He wants to bless our relationships. He wants church to be the most fantastic. I read your poem, by the way. Norman Barnes sent, sent it to me and said, you must read this. We need to be people that, that really know that God is for us and that he, bless, he blesses us. Identity issues. Uh, you'll worry about me a little as I share the second, which is emotional issues. Emotional issues. Uh, I've got some good traits, by the way, when we get through. <laughs> but I believe that we are, we are, the Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. That we are intricately put together. 
And actually, there are a lot of people that um, feel, you know, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't have these problems, these difficulties, and sometimes leaders don't talk much about those inner struggles that they have. And uh, there are people today, and Christian leaders I talk to a lot, who are actually quite insecure. Even great people, you know, that uh, we've heard preach and speak, actually get a little bit close. And there's an emotional uh, mix-up sometimes there. Um, You know, the more you serve the Lord, the issues of, of tiredness, issues of keeping fresh. I found a big thing, the issue, I don't know if you, Becca, feel this, Monday mornings can be, if you had a bad Sunday, you can dip very quickly and emotional life and emotional well-being is very important and on my journey uh, there was one occasion where I really dipped into uh, what I would call a a, a depression I I don't think it was ever um, called a a clinical depression but I remember sitting down on one Christmas meal Irene was there the kids were there and tears start to come down my face thinking I'm not sure I can face life. Now, thinking about that now, it feels a million miles away. But as I was preparing for this, I was thinking, I want to start with the reality that for many of us, there are mountains, there are challenges, there are things to do with our makeup, and we need to press through to become whole and put together people. And some of us uh, need uh, health. And... um, you know, I meet a lot, of, a lot of younger people today that are struggling with issues of anxiety. Um, a, a number of people now having to take the little tablets and so on. Nothing wrong with that. But increasingly, people facing anxiety. Life moves at such a pressure. And it's just the reality of some of these things where people feel you know, overwhelmed or irritable or, or moody. And it's so important we get filled with the right kind of things. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. On that particular day when I stood before the Charismatic Leaders Conference, it had been a pretty difficult day. I started off early in the morning. Um, As Irene would tell you, I always have to be early. My dad said to me, if you're 10 minutes early, you're late. So I would always be early. So I set off early morning in, in my car. I'm driving up the A1. And uh, as I'm driving in the A1, it's still dark. It's winter, but it's still dark. It's early. And the the dreaded oil light came on. So I I pulled into a lay-by and realized that I needed to put some oil. And I'd got some, thankfully. I I didn't panic, you know, because I'm a really together person, as I've already shared with you. And um, so it's dark. I pull up the the bonnet and um, I get the oil but I can't see where to put it. And it's difficult with a mobile phone, getting it to, you know, the, the light in the right place, holding it, you know, in your teeth and getting the, the cap off and turning it. And I, I put the oil in. The problem was I put the oil in the radiator instead of the, uh, where oil should go. And as soon as I'd done this, the, the penny dropped. I thought, oh, boy. I, I called the RAC. They take me back to Lincoln. I say, I've got to speak at this conference. They take me back. Somebody else gives me a lift. You know, I eventually get to it's, uh, South London, get to, get to the place with about 10 minutes to spare, get up on the platform, speak. And the first thing that is said is, who do you think you are? <laughs> this is a great day. And therefore, what we fill our lives with really matters. 
And so what am I saying? I'm saying, I want to know that I'm a unique child of God. I want to know that Jesus loves me. And I want to be filled with his Holy Spirit. And you know, when you know who you are and you walk on the anointing of of the Holy Spirit, you can really do anything and you can go anywhere. And so my testimony is, these being these, these little mountains, identity, emotions, the makeup of a person and how you cope and how you plan your diary and all those kind of things become very important. Identity issues, emotional issues. And then thirdly, of course, course, therefore, all of us are spiritual issues. How many have grasped by now that now you're a Christian, you're in a battleground, that uh, everybody doesn't love you? And have you come to the conclusion that the devil is bad? He came to kill, steal, and destroy. And so for many of us, there is that mix of humanity, but there's also an enemy that's out to harm us. And and there can be a real battle, can't there, and spiritual struggles. And in Christian leadership, I found that that actually the the nearer you go towards God, the, the more you experience his grace, the more you find that actually there's also that other side uh, of enemy work to pull you back, to straitjacket you, to put you in a, in a package and, and that kind of enemy stuff. And sometimes that comes directly with thoughts and, and, and stuff that I've mentioned. And sometimes it comes through people. You, you remember Nehemiah had, uh, you know, he rebuilt walls and stuff and you read all the good stuff. But there was a guy called Sam Ballot and there was Tobiah and they were always a pain in the neck. And, um, you know, in my ministry, I've experienced a number of times that the enemy can, can really harm you through, through people. I remember on one particular occasion, a Baptist pastor phoned me up and he said, I've got a particularly difficult um, counseling situation. And because you're charismatic and you believe in the, in the Holy Spirit, I thought you might be able to handle this uh, quite complex case a little better than me. Well, I was a young pastor, and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll sort it. And, um, and this elderly lady uh, I met with, I suddenly realized that this was, this was a lady with some pretty big problems. And uh, I'll not go into too many details, but um, even her mini had the, uh, the, the letters B-A-D on the registration, on the... Um, Red number plate, number plate. And, uh, and she hounded us. And she would ring at three and four o'clock in the morning. And, and she would say, unless you help me, you know, I'm going to die. And it was, and uh, again, I'll not go into details, but she was very deeply involved in satanic things. And I became aware that you know, there are battles and spiritual battles and sometimes comes, you know, in a, in a form that you can really recognize or sometimes in a very subtle way uh, whereby you just sense there's an enemy work uh, to harm you. And, and again, I felt that as we talk about challenges and issues, there are lots of people when things go wrong, they back off church. 
I remember when we went, and we'll talk about this, this as the, as perhaps tomorrow, um, in our story, we faced a very difficult season in our life. And uh, our 16-year-old son uh, had a cancer at the back of his right eye, and we were thrust into a world we were not prepared for. And I remember at that time, all kinds of things had gone wrong. And um, someone in our church came to Irene and said, I don't know why you're still coming to church with all this stuff that's happening in your family. And I'm proud of her because, you know, without a flinch, she said, I, I don't get this. You know, where else would I want to be when all hell's let loose against us? This is where I belong. And so there are spiritual mountains, spiritual things that we need to press through on. And I just want to say, don't be afraid to get all in with God to get to the top of those mountains, to press through, to become the person that God wants you to be so that you get that, that, that sense of the approval of God over your life. So there are identity issues, emotional issues, spiritual issues, and then sometimes physical issues. And um, again, I'll not go into too much detail, but for much of our life, because I don't want to get you to get the opinion I'm, I'm uh, you know, a... Uh, um, a, a sad case. But for much of a li our life, I would say that we've been kissed with the bless of blessing of God. Uh, you know, I, I remember Irene and I would often sit down together and say, isn't it just fantastic? You know, we've got wonderful family, children, grandchildren, great church, people that love us. And we were really grateful to God. And I remember we were sat in the big top tent at the event uh, that we've mentioned to you. And it was the night before. And there's only really us in there. And we sat at the top, then at the top of the bleachers. And we sat together, chatting together and saying, you know, who would have ever imagined that, you know, 10,000 people will gather in the Lincolnshire showground, rural Lincolnshire, and we're talking together and saying, hasn't God been kind to us? And then I remember saying to Irene, um, it, it may be, of course, a bit like the story of Joseph, that we've been given so many blessings that there will be harder days that we need the resources of God, you know, to face other issues. I didn't realize that I was a kind of a prophetic thing because very soon after that conversation, after all the kissing with gold that God had been doing over our lives for many years, it was as though a page of the chapter of our life suddenly turned and instead of the blessings of God, it felt we were really facing mountain after mountain after mountain. And uh, it started with a run of things. It's funny, isn't it, how these things happen? And it started, we both lost both sets of parents in a fairly quick fashion. And, and um, you know, even when you've, um, you know, gone on in age a little bit, uh, when you lose your dad, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And we were feeling the pain of losing both sets of parents. And then Irene had all kinds of physical issues in her life. And... Uh, she had to have major back surgery. She's quite bionic, actually. She's got uh, screws in her back. She's slightly taller than she was. and uh, um, So uh, major back surgery. Then there were other surgeries. And at the end of that, infections. And it went on and on. These physical challenges, physical issues. And then when we came to this big mega battle of our son at the age of 16 with the cancer at the back of his eye. 
we're suddenly looking at these physical things and, and saying, hang on a minute. We believe in the healing power of Jesus. I'm getting up on platforms on a regular basis talking about healing. And here we are under, the, under all this stuff. And as soon as you start to think that way, you begin to think about your inadequacies and what you've not done. And I remember I was thinking, you know, some pastor I am, you know, some man of God I am. If, if um, our own son is facing this major mountain in his life, and I'm thinking that way a little. And then one day I'm reading the scriptures, and this is why regular reading of the Bible in a consecutive way is really important. I was feeling this really strongly. I opened the reading for the day, and there it's a reading. I'd read it many times before, but the question that was in my heart was being asked by a man uh, where, where uh, a man has been born blind, and they're saying, who sinned, this man or his parents? And then uh, Jesus said, neither. This is in order that the glory of God might be revealed. Some of you will know what I'm talking about when you get a word from God, a kind of a rhema word in your spirit, where I felt God say, no, you're on the wrong course here. This isn't to do with your sin, his sin, but you better get hold of this fact that, that ultimately this is going to turn around for the glory of God. And, uh, and I remember sensing that weight uh, taken off my shoulders as we're facing this big mountain issue. And, um, and it became quite a, a, a big thing that we were, were facing together and we were suddenly uh, thrown into an oncology ward with little bull children with, uh, with um, tubes in their noses and so on. We were faced with that. And you know, when you've heard, you feel you've heard the word of God, and then you say, well, I'm, am I making this up? Are we trying too hard? And so on. Uh, people were then advising us, you know, not to have treatment and do this, do that. Everybody comes, becomes an expert, don't they, when you're up against it. And, um, and we felt that we were going to go with what the medical people said, which was nine sessions of chemotherapy and and 25 radiotherapy sessions, which was a big mountain we were going to face. And, um, and on the morning of the first chemotherapy, Irene's reading her reading for the day. And it just so happens that it was the story of Naaman. And you remember in the first story, um, when Jesus um, heals the blind guy, he does something quite ophthalmically challenging. He spits on the ground, makes a mud ball, puts it in the guy's eyes and says, go and wash in Siloam and you'll be healed. And now Irene is reading uh, the story of Naaman. And uh, in her reading and the notes attached, uh, the story of Naaman as he's dipped in, it said... Uh, he had to be dipped in the muddy waters of the Jordan. And um, it, it came to us both. This is a great description of where this is going to go. It's going to be dipped in mud. A great picture of um, chemotherapy and, and stuff. And again, you think, am I just is that making this up? But I, we felt that God gave us a word so that we would get through this challenge and we would get victory. And, um, and so I confidently took hold of David, looked him in the eyes. Up until this point, he'd asked me the question, Dad, am I going to die? 
And I was not able to, I said, we're going to fight all we can. I can't tell you what the outcome will be. It's not easy for a 16-year-old to hear stuff like that. But I didn't want to say stuff we couldn't deliver. But when we got this word, I looked him in the eye and I said, David, God's spoken to me. Because the amazing thing was, dad knows. You know, if dad says it's okay, dad's still worried about whether he's hearing God. But David, when I said to him, I've heard from God, he said, Thanks at last, you know. And I looked him in the eyes and I said, David, God's spoken to me. You're going to be dipped in mud. I explained the little analogy. And I said, on the seventh dip, you're going to be healed. Well, chemotherapy, he's going to have nine batches. On the seventh one, I'm saying to the Lord, could still be making this up, Lord. Would you give me a little sign that I've heard from you? And I'm sat at the side of the bed on the seventh dip, and uh, David is, uh, is sat in a chair. And um, he's, uh, he says to me, Dad, um, the Hickman line, any of you know that there's a Hickman line fitted to the top of the heart, this Hickman line is falling out of my chest. I said, don't be so silly, it's been surgically fitted. I, really pastorally sensitive at this time point. And I said, uh, don't be silly, it's been fitted to your chest. And as I'm watching it, this little tube is literally just very, very slowly falling out of his chest. The tube comes out of his chest, a nurse comes over, puts a bandage in the wound, and as though she'd done it many times, afterwards she said, I've never seen this before. But then she said these words. She said, actually, Dave, this is great news because you won't have to go back into surgery to have it removed and you've only got two more uh, chemotherapy sessions. We'll do it in the back of your hand. And uh, to her, it was uh, a strange thing she'd never seen before. But to me, it was a sign that God had answered our prayer. Anyway, to cut this story short, we're now nearly 16 years on and David is healed well, strong, leads worship in our church. They said his face is likely to be deformed. There's no deforming. Um, he's good looking like his dad. Um, uh, they said his growth would be stunted, pituitary gland problems. He's, well, everybody's bigger than me, but he's bigger, uh, no growth problems, etc. And he is made whole. Now, the reason I'm sharing this is because, because all of us will face mountains. And it's a little bit heavy duty, isn't it? I'm talking a little bit darker stuff perhaps tonight than I normally do. But I want to get across that the Christian, the Christian walk is going to be, there are going to be challenges. There are going to be issues to face. And there may be people facing those kind of physical issues today or emotional issues. There may be people here that are facing issues of depression or darkness or spiritual things. And I'm here to say that actually in our lives, our testimony is those mountains have been scaled. God has helped us. The mountains have come down. And we're in a time when we're experiencing the victory and the blessing of God again. And also, just so that uh, you know, everybody doesn't get a happy story, do they? Alongside us, a friend of ours lost a child through their battle, but they're still solidly following Jesus because actually he, he really is the answer uh, in our lives. Identity issues, emotional issues, spiritual issues, physical issues. Fifthly, and I'll uh, bring this to a conclusion, relational issues. 
Sometimes in, in our lives there will be relationships that don't quite work out or accusations against us that aren't fair. And I just wanted to say, and I agree with what Tim said, there is a wonderful atmosphere of unity at the present time across the churches. I don't know if you know, but um, over 34 uh, Bible weeks and events joined together this year for a show of unity, all putting Jesus central, all having in their programs a little part where Jesus was honored, where unity was declared. And... Uh, to understand that this year uh, there's been a tremendous emphasis on unity. Irene and I had the opportunity even last Friday with a number of leaders of standing in Parliament Square and praying for, for unity and thanking God for what he's doing in our nation at this time. And so I do believe that it's important that we face certain issues uh, with regard to relationships um, a man called Sam Chan, there's a great book if you, uh, if you want to read it, called uh, Leadership Pain. He says, the greatest heart heartache that I hear from pastors is the pain inflicted by their friends. And so um, we're looking at all these issues through life that can become difficult things. But as we press through, as we face those mountains, God will bring us through those things, give us a, a great perspective. And my sixth thing and final thing that I want to just share with you, these mountain challenges, is living in a fallen world. Living in a fallen world. You see, the kingdom of God has come. When Jesus came to the earth, the kingdom came, and he declared the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus in his ministry went through the Middle East and he healed the sick and he raised the dead and he cleansed lepers. The, the kingdom of God has come. But all of us know that the kingdom of God has not come in its fullness. And we look to a greater day. In fact, Abraham looked for a city whose maker and architect was God. He saw something beyond what we're seeing now. A lady that helped me a lot years ago was a lady called Jean Darnell, and, and she said to me, there's a kind of a life in the overlap. She said, the kingdom has come, but the kingdom has not yet come in its fullness, and we live in the overlap of that. And that's why I'm a great believer in church, and I'm going to talk about that tomorrow, because when we're in the, in the world between, if you like, the kingdom has come and the kingdom is yet to come, I believe that when we're in the local church, the local church is a kind of a portal of the blessing of heaven. Uh, Jacob experienced it, and he said, I never realized this stuff. This is none other than the gateway to heaven. And therefore, I believe that the kingdom comes. And I'm just going to pray a prayer in a minute or two, but my belief is the kingdom has not come in its fullness. We live in a fallen world. People still get sick and hurt and, and uh, you know, are wounded and so on. But I'm a great believer that the kingdom comes. I'm a great believer that we can pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can actually believe that God will help us to get breakthroughs so that these challenges are not going to prevent us from coming into the fullness of the blessings of God. We live in a fallen world. And sometimes you get the opinion from certain places. You become a Christian, everything's fine, everything's wonderful. That is absolutely true. We've read the end of the book. All is well. But on that journey, there will be challenges. There will be issues. I've mentioned some of them. hope I've not depressed you. Uh, it's a bit heavier than I thought it would be tonight. 
But maybe, 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 as I pray this prayer, some people are going to get some freedom in certain areas. Identity areas. You know, maybe, maybe there's just a person here that's really struggling at this time with a sense of an identity. Feeling, you know, they've not come into the full worth of, of who they are as a believer. Perhaps there are people here that, that identify with that emotional stuff and, and you're, you're facing certain areas of darkness or depression or anxiety and it's, you know, I even, as I'm, I'm, I'm speaking, I, I believe that there are people here that are, uh, are having migraines and headaches and anxiety panics and things like that. And so as I conclude, I just want to, us to be open to the Holy Spirit that may be out of some of these challenges that I've shared today, that, that God's kingdom will come tonight, that, that someone will find a, a moment of freedom and liberty. I do feel that God's going to touch people with high blood pressure tonight. I, I believe that there are some people here with arthritic joints that God is going to touch tonight and his healing is going to come. I, I really do sense that areas of darkness, there may be people here that have been oppressed by some spiritual battles, and I've connected with you tonight. So I'm going to trust God that when I pray, that there will be for people here a moment of, yeah, this is a mountain I'm facing today. This is a major challenge on my life, and I'm going to face it with God's help, and I'm going to see a breakthrough and a victory. Will you join me as we do that? And uh, I just want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and address some of these things I feel God's showing me as we conclude tonight. Father, we want to go over the top in terms of we, we really want to be victorious. Thank you, Jesus. We are overcomers. Thank you that you bring us strength. And now, Father, I just want to pray for my friends here and... I ask in the name of Jesus Christ that any of these challenges that I've mentioned, these big, big issues in people's lives, I just pray that there will be a spotlight of the Holy Spirit just, just causing a faith to rise for something to happen, a breakthrough to take place. I just want to pray now for any that are really struggling with identity issues, you're perhaps feeling I'm not good enough or I'm, I've, and, and that, that area of lacking of, of purpose and worth. I just want to address that thing, to speak to that mountain in your life today. I just want to speak the approval of God over your life. And I pray, Lord, for anyone that's really grappling with this issue of not being good enough. I break that power off your life tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak God's approval over you. And it'd be really helpful if, if in some of these little prayers you, you share with someone in pastoral ministry as soon as you can. Yes, I'm believing God has spoken in this area and I'm trusting for a breakthrough. I pray also into, into people that are really struggling with emotional issues, uh, panic attacks, anxiety things seeing the darker side of things. And I pray for a spotlight upon your life right now. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that depressions will be lifted, darkness will be taken off people's minds, 
I pray you'll free people from dominant things that, that pull them down and are a weight in their lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray for this. I also pray for physical healing tonight. I pray into areas of, um, of high blood pressure, particularly. In the name of Jesus, the Son of God, I pray some breakthroughs will happen, Lord. Physically, in people's bodies right now, blood pressures come to normal now in Jesus' name. Arthritic joints, I, I speak movement and healing in the name of Jesus. I pray people will be able to do stuff they've not been able to do for a long time. In Jesus' name. I pray for ankles and, and wrists. I pray for knees in the name of Jesus Christ. Arthritis is a name that's higher. His name is Jesus. I pray for physical healing in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray for just a sense of strength and well-being, a sense of wholeness, that in our humanity and in this fallen world, Lord, you would help us to see that you are for us. I pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, for the fresh breath of God into your life now. Perhaps you may, perhaps all of us, just take a deep breath. Be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with life. Be filled with a sense of adventure and purpose. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to cause us to be people who are overcomers and battle winners. Let the mountains come down tonight. Let the giants fall, Lord. And may we move into our promised land with a sense of purpose and victory. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.